2: Hey everyone, it's Brian with 12 Pack Radio. We just got finished completing our podcast, previewing every non-conference schedule of every Pac-12 team. We really liked the way that this episode turned out. The one issue that we realized was that Rick's microphone wasn't set up the way that we wanted it to. We have a new audio setup and he's gonna come in more faint than he will in future episodes. But just the content was really good. We did even deep dives into every team as we hopped along. It was a good broad picture of the conference as we get into real football season. So I think you'll enjoy it. Just know that, yes, we know Rick's more faint than he will be. And yes, we will fix this for subsequent shows. But enjoy this one.
0: Oh, South kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous full-time champs and feel the power! It's a new game. Yes, it is!
1: For 12-pack radio. Get excited, y'all.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to 12 Pack Radio, the most interesting podcast in your face. This, this podcast, by the way, is sponsored by Decoy Red Blend Wine that we picked up at Whole Foods just before this. I know we already have like 10 sponsors, but that we're, this our co-pilot is the Decoy Red Blend right now. Thank you for joining us. This is Brian Conger, and we are a week and a half away from football season, which is so fun. Uh, like We finally completed all the two deeps for every single team, and we've done a five or six part series where we've been going through every single Pac-12 team, and then we realized, oh my gosh, week zero is here, so we better get our acting Together. So we are cramming a couple of things. We're trying to end it up. We're going to break down every single team's non-conference schedule and we're going to rate those, which will be really fun. And then afterwards, we're going to go through the Oregon State uh, preview and a Cal preview where we just go uh, position by position, kind of talking through what we think. Well, th- this will be a little bit different than the past podcast where we've really done an hour on each team. We'll probably do 20 or 30 minutes on each team. So sit back, have a great time. I'm joined in studio. I'm joined by Mr.
1: Rick DeNice. What's going on, Rick? What's going on, guys? How are you? Um, and by the way, Decoy Wine uh, is actually our autopilot. Just ahead. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's <that's> our <laughs> there
1: autopilot. We there we go. Especially <laughs> about 30, 40 minutes
2: in. <laughs> and uh, as always, I'm joined by our advanced statistical guru, Mr. Rob Bowron, the creator of the Rank College Advanced Football Statistical Model, and the really the... Um, uh, the the, Dr. Frankenstein of the Sharp College football website. What's going on, Rob?
0: (laughs) I do. I do feel like I should like add webmaster to my title. Um, (laughs) at this point, like I, there's a lot of like tooling around. I I added a Twitter feed to the, um, to the front page of Sharp College football today. So, um, Brian, by the way, the 12 pack tweets, now also show up there.
2: So oh, that's great. So um, yeah. and we we should plug that a little bit, um, and because we keep saying we're going to talk about it, and then we go thirty minutes into Oregon football, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, all right, we got to move on to the secondary here. So, Rob, what is on that site? Because I do think it's a it's a good time now as we go into the football season to highlight the tools and the just the the statistical comparisons that you can do on that. It's really really incredible, like what you've put together. And I think people that are college football fans will uh, be well served by going there just checking out the whole world that you have put on sharpcollegefootball.com.
0: yeah so everything that's available that i can sort of pump out of uh and i, I sit on an immense amount of data uh, i have drive level data on every college football season going back to 2013 2012 i think um and, yeah, so what what I have on there is I have, uh, the, you know, the beta rank stats. You can toggle it by year. You can look at it by conference. I've also, you know, got it in there so you can toggle by group of five, offense, defense. Um, but some of the other stuff that, you know, that we haven't necessarily had out there before um, – I have out there now for every single team, you can toggle and pull up their schedule and win probabilities using the projected model. So that'll give you what their projected number of wins in uh, is for conference play. And overall, uh, it gives you the projected spread that BetaRank has for each of those games. Um, so you can go through and look at your team schedule, look at other team schedules. I also built out a, a deep dive tool that I rolled out recently. And you can look at every metric I have that I think is important in college football. um, And it it compares your team's um, score there against what the conference average is. I also have a program tracker that tracks the performance on almost all of those metrics over years. Um, So if you want to track how your team's doing in recruiting, returning production uh, performance on the field, offense, defense, I mean, that one's three pages lots of graphs. I have what the conference average is for every team in college football with the best and worst team in college football at that statistic was. And then I also have a team comparison tool. And I think this one's really cool. Um, you can go in and toggle and look at uh, teams across years or teams within years. Um, look at all the statistics that really matter for those teams, compare them. It also gives you a neutral field spread and win probability for that game. There's a lot <laughs> on there, I mean, and a lot of what I just talked about is all the beta rank stuff. You can always hit me up with any questions at beta rank football or at sharp college football it's it's, a, it's if you've looked at my stats in past years it's it's in a whole different place
2: no absolutely it's, I'm really, really encouraged by. Um, what we're able to just put up on the site, but also we—if you listen to us last year—we have a really solid, sticky following from last year. So um, we'll continue to, to push out those numbers. And by we, I mean Rob, and I'll just like talk about them. Uh, but we'll continue to use that and apply it to the teams that we're talking, including today when we get into Oregon State and Cal. Let's get into this here. So non-conference schedule is here, and what we thought we would do is, uh, as we were looking over these teams, and I was kind of seeing like who's Oregon State playing. I'm like, oh snap, they play Oklahoma State. You know what we should do? We should highlight all of these games and go through um, team by team who we think has the toughest schedule, who we think put together a baller schedule. And I think it kind of breaks into three tiers here. It's the the teams that went balls to the wall, just really did everything they could do to have a solid schedule. And then there was there was some teams that were kind of patsies, but they, like I think each team in the Pac-12 this year, to their credit, has at least a solid, difficult game that they have to go. Like Washington has New Mexico State, in Colorado, like Northern Colorado. But then they go to Houston, like in the human humid, humid, terrible, terrible weather. Um, and that matters. So Rob, let me throw it to you first. Who of all the PAC 12 teams do you want to highlight as having a really solid non-conference schedule and who are they playing?
0: Well, you have to talk Stanford, right? I mean, like right off the bat, Stanford has a brutal non-conference schedule. They have Northwestern who is pretty good. Um, they have central Florida, uh, who is pretty good and has obnoxious fans. Um, and then <laughs> national title. They, so forget, national, how how no, dare I mean, you, I, Rob? Smoke if you got them. I mean, <laughs> live it up. Um, but, but like, if, if you if you even type UCF into Twitter and then hit send, like they will find you. And then they all and Stanford's got a pretty regular game set up with Notre Dame, so that's a that's a real tough schedule, um, you know, right off the bat for the Cardinal, and uh, it's something that I I, like. I think this year, like it, it might actually put a dent in what we're used to with Stanford.
2: I think the important thing too is the game uh, against Central Florida is in Orlando, right? That's my understanding. Is like on the road, they got to go across the country. That entire offense is going to be. Uh, it's just the big shruggy shoulder emoji
1: right now, right, Rick? Yeah, and and one other thing to keep uh, tabs on is where they slot that Central Florida game because that Central Florida game might be a nine a.m. start um, <laughs> <laughs> on the Pacific Standard Time Zone, so. Uh, pay attention to that because either nine or twelve is going to be real tough for Stanford to, uh, you know, start quick out of the gates.
2: Those running backs don't even know how to run during regular time. Like, how are they <laughs> going to figure out how to run at nine o'clock Pacific? Fair point. Oh my gosh, Rick, do you, uh, Rob, do you think that Stanford has a, a solid chance against Central Florida? I might be putting you on the spot. By the way, Betarank has the spread up already. Like now, now, granted. <laughs> I, I, what I want to do is put a big giant asterisk right now in regards to preseason data because it's a starting point. And Rob, you do a really good job making sure that people are clear that the numbers aren't everything. They're a, a starting point for the conversation. So I'm just curious, uh, what do you think about that game?
0: Yeah, I mean, like as I said, like the, the projection model is a, a place to start the conversation. It's also like if anybody wants to come back and dunk on me about the projection model, I... I mostly won't care. Like, I'm, I really hang my hat on the in-season model. Um, like, I, I take an immense amount of pride in the accuracy of that model. Um, the projection model is almost like a necessary evil. Um, but it does project. I mean, it's good, and it, it has interesting results uh, that are usually accurate. Like, I beat Vegas last year on the Pac-12 win totals with the projection model. But um, UCF is uh, it's – Stanford's got a 05 three win probability so just a very slight favorite oh. um and and they've got beta Rank has them as a just a like a, a 0.95 a, a one point favorite in the game so ucf is, is is a team that projects to be pretty good again this year mackenzie milton's going to be back off that injury um you know and stanford stanford hasn't been as stanford's been hasn't been as they were better last year, I think, in a lot of ways, but they haven't been as good as they I think people like to project them still Rob,
1: you know what you know what'll be fascinating is to see how Mackenzie Milton fires out that first game and then how he follows that first game up with with uh, the game against Stanford because um, that was a horrific horrific injury. You look at you know especially a lot of those college kids um, you know and he, he was on an absolute tear the last couple of years. Um, he may really, really struggle coming out of the gates to try and find himself after um, you know basically getting his leg ripped off last
0: season.
2: So. Oh gosh!
0: Well, yeah. s- yeah. For Stanford, I mean, they come into the, like their first four games right out the gate: Northwestern, USC, UCF, Oregon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good luck <laughs> <laughs> with an with a new offensive system, basically, like yeah. and, and a rebuilt uh, offensive line. What? Oh my
0: gosh! And finding a, another running back. I mean, they couldn't run the ball and it wasn't just like, I mean, it wasn't just, you know, maybe Bryce Love was a little banged up last year, but I mean, they just Stanford wasn't good at run blocking. Do you guys think so?
1: Stanford, I think is one of those, you know, David Shaw is never going to be on the hot seat. But I think this is a really important year for Stanford because you kind of feel like um, they've they've rode the wave of Harbaugh and David Shaw was kind of riding high. And now, you know, I think I, I saw somewhere on, I think, the forums where um, they were kind of comparing results and, and you know, the, the recruiting classes and kind of bringing the whole picture into play. And it was really fascinating to see kind of the drop off that Stanford has had over the last few years um, and, and whether or not David Shaw is capable of elevating them back up to, you know, where, where they were as a, you know, basically a top. 10 team
2: Well, a couple of things to that. The first is their defensive line coach is a couple of years ago left, and that defensive light hasn 't been the same. Yeah. They just lost their strength yeah. coach, which is a like that doesn 't sound like a big deal i would I would argue for Stanford that is a big deal, and by the way, he like he, they ghosted him, he just kind of just disappeared into the moonlight. the other thing is you have like christian not christian tevio who's who's that Uh, quarterback pritchard whatever tavian pritchard whatever that guy's name is he's the offensive coordinator i understand that that obviously david shaw is the person that's signing off on the final play calling but you kind of have this almost like a yes guy up there and and a yes guy with a coach that has been notoriously stubborn in his offensive system like i think this could be a real bad year for Stanford. Although, like, there is some talent there still. Both, I like the Fox Kid, that's their, their, uh, they're uh, linebacker. Obviously you have a Debo in the secondary. They yeah. have a Dwayne Aquina, a great secondary coach, but ooh Moses like you're right. I think I write what you're saying. Yeah.
1: I think, I think if anything happens, that defense ends up saving them. And, you know, I, I think that there, they could potentially be a 500 team, maybe a couple wins over 500. Um, you know, if things go right, but you know, I feel like especially with the PAC 12 this year, you look at a lot of these teams and you go, you know, what is the realistic ceiling, I guess for you know, teams like Stanford. Mm-hmm. So,
0: no, no, I mean that's 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 right. I mean the, the, the model has them projected at just over six wins. I mean six point one three wins because the schedule's so tough. Um, you know, like they're a team that got caught up a little bit by a coordinator turnover there. Our former offensive coordinator went and took the head job at Rice. Um, you know, like they it's, it could be a tough season. I mean, I think they were a little flexible last season. Like, I wasn't expecting Stanford to suddenly come out and, you know, have three wides and throw in the ball all over the place. And so, you know, kudos to them for that. But, I mean, they've got Notre Dame again. They got whacked by Notre Dame last year. I mean, I think that really shows, like, Stanford, like, I, I think a lot of people tend to focus on the in-conference games. Um, the Pac-12's been a little down. I mean, Stanford went out and just got whipped by Notre Dame last season. So, Like if you're doing a measuring stick for for Stanford at a conference like that, that kind of tells you maybe where they sit. Because Notre Dame, as we saw in the playoff, like does not have like Clemson or Bama level level talent.
2: The only saving grace is that they could possibly do a two tight end set, which like is all like, oh, yeah. Just line it up and run, oh, excuse me, <laughs> I'm getting choked up here. <laughs> uh, no, very excited about that. So, okay. So speaking of teams with stubborn coaches and questionable coordinators, let's talk about UCLA's uh, mm-hmm. non-conference schedule here at Cincinnati. Stop. Good team like that. Yeah. Tough team. Good defense. I like that coach. San Diego State at home and then Oklahoma at home. Rob, you, you have been all over Cincinnati for like seven months now. T- tell me tell me why you like Cincinnati so much and why this is a bad game and a bad matchup for UCLA.
0: So Cincinnati projects at 33 in the projection model. Like they got a lot coming back, like the coach, like the defense. Um you know, UCLA only has a 32% win probability coming into this game. And Cincinnati is favored both in Vegas and in Beta Ranks. So Beta Ranks got it. Cincinnati is roughly a five-point favorite. Like, this is, this is going to be a tough— I'm actually—I live in Columbus, Ohio. I'm driving down. I'm going to this game with my dad. <laughs> um, awesome. Like, to— Yeah. I want to see this. Like, what the heck? Why not? Like I'll, I'll I'll go see a PAC 12 team if they're, you know, East of the Mississippi or close enough to drive for sure. Um, but this is gonna to be tough. I mean, if you watch this game last season, like oh, UCLA, wait. and let me add struggled. too, struggled.
2: Keyshawn Lucier-South is out of this game too. Just like the one, yeah. the one saving grace on that defense. Sorry, I just want to make sure to bring
0: that up. Well, no, and I think people, people like, are looking at the end of UCLA season last year, and they're like, oh, they played a lot better, and like, yeah, they did, but they mostly played some bad teams and some bad defenses at the end of last season, so. I, I don't know. I wanna see him have to do it against a good defense. Cincinnati's got a good defense, you know, like you're we're still gonna to have to see Dorian Thompson Robinson actually put it together. I mean and then they've got San Diego State who doesn't project to be great, but is probably gonna again put up a stiff fight. And then Oklahoma, who's, you know, head coach is the best probably the best offensive play caller in the NFL or college. Um and Oklahoma brings in Alex Grinch, who's a great DC, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Guys, here's here's
1: something that um, is, is fascinating. I'm just going to throw this out there because I think there's a chance, not a great chance, but a chance. You could have UCLA and USC um, both basically go 0-3 in the non-con. I mean, there's not a great chance, but I'm saying there's a chance.
2: I think the one thing is that Fresno State team that we saw last year, um, is not the same thing. They lose that like entire defense. They lose a lot, yeah. yeah. So that I mean, which which was what made them so nasty. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, but you know, like at BYU, I think one of the things too. So let's let's go through their schedule here. Like you mentioned, so Fresno stayed at home. Yeah, at BYU, at Notre Dame. So for sure, Notre Dame's questionable, right? BYU is a is a
1: tough game. Yeah, I think BYU is a tough game, and I think um, Sataki is has them in the right direction um, from where they were a couple years ago. It's going, to be, it's going to be fascinating, I think, to see how quickly USC comes out of the gates. And, you know, is Clay Helton already on the hot seat heading into week three? Um, because there's a very realistic possibility considering that fan base and some of the stuff that's come out of camp um, that, you know, it could be a rocky road. It's just, you know, I think LA fans, you know, whether you're a USC or UCLA fan, um, you know, I think that there's a lot to be wary of coming through the first uh, month of the season.
2: That BYU team at home, ask any Utah fan how BYU plays at home. Um, and USC couldn't run the ball last year. So it's, it's going to be, a fa- I, think, I think USC wins this game. I just think it's going to be really fascinating to see, A, can USC get the ball going against BYU, and B, that spread offense, right, against BYU secondary, can JT Daniels or whoever it is, I think it's going to be JT Daniels, but any, everything I've heard out of camp is like no bueno on these, on these quarterbacks,
0: right, Rob? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. It's like, I mean, no, I was, I was asking uh, Alicia Del Toro or Tola today because she was tweeting out about, you know, what she'd seen from the quarterbacks in camp. And it just sounded like last year all over again, where nobody really stepped forward um, to, to really grab the job. Uh, and everybody had kind of put together like, you know, some good, some bad, but, you know, didn't really look like a, you know, like they, they wanted to be QB one. And that's, that's you know, that's not encouraging if you're USC, cause you really need, you really need some, like in the air raid, as we saw last year with like Gardner Minshew stepping in and at Washington state, you need somebody that can step in and understand the system. You know, like that's it. Like, that's all you got to do. Like if you, if you read one thing this week, like go read the Mike Leach article in the athletic about Mike Leach's QB room. Cause like in the air raid he's just like, he wouldn't, he would sit there like, and just like roll the tape. And they'd be like, what do you think we should do? He's like, throw it to the open guy idiot like, <laughs> <laughs> like what do you want me to do different throw it to the guy that was open <laughs> like, it's a real simple system with lots of options right like it's it's a it's a handful of concepts with that you are supposed to learn and be able to master and get through so here, here's another
1: thing, too, I think to pay attention to if you're a USC fan is with that Fresno State game, um, while that defense may be depleted versus what they had last year, you got to see how well that offense can move. Um, Yeah, against against that that defense, because if they struggle and then they have to go line up in the trenches against BYU and, you know, BYU is going to be a physical, um, you know, kind of beat them up type of team. It's going to be really fascinating to see how USC handles that, especially in BYU's house. Um, And then Notre Dame, uh, you know, really didn't lose much off of their lines from last year um, outside of, you know, obviously their two NFL picks. So, um, you know, I think that they've got, you know, a nice young crop of, of linemen to come in. So I think the trenches are going to be really important for USC, um, especially if they struggle with the quarterback spot to really try and, uh, and take advantage of if they can. But um, I think it's gonna be a fascinating uh, turn of events
2: Well, and that offensive line Was a mess And the defensive oh. line Was now the defensive line Last year had a lot of injuries The offensive line Had some injuries But I, I would put more of a I would put the offensive line More in the inexcusable bucket Than I would the defensive line And maybe there's a couple of USC fans that would That would find that This is just come big, This is literally based Off of memory From like a year ago But um, but you, I mean to your point Like the, the trenches Were pretty pretty nasty Yeah Let's go Let's go to Oregon Right so they have That neutral game at Auburn On the 31st of, of
1: August Neutral Oh yeah, new, yeah, yeah. Big quotes.
2: yeah. <laughs> quotes. Big air quotes <laughs> there. Um, they have Nevada at home and then Montana. I, I put them kind of in that that middle range, just because that is a big game against Auburn. Rob, I know nothing about Auburn right now. I will definitely make sure to listen to a number of preview podcasts on this because I know that like I'm sure, addicted to quack is going to do one. I'm sure there's going to be a ton that are going out yeah. there. But what what do you what do your numbers say about Auburn and and this matchup here?
0: So Auburn comes in for like so. Everyone last year is going to look at Auburn's record and say Auburn was a bad football team. That's lazy. Like Auburn was a good football team with a very tough schedule and some bad luck. <laughs> um, so Auburn comes in uh, like last year. They I believe they finished at 16 in the model. They come in at number six projected uh, oh. this season. <laughs> oh my. Um, Yeah, Auburn. Auburn is for real. Like their def Like their defensive line. Um, is excellent like it's it's most of the same guys that we talked about last year going to that washington matchup are back that and they gave Washington, that Washington offensive line just fits. So I think we'll get a good sense. I mean, people, Oregon's returning a lot of experience on their offensive line. Um, yeah. Like they, 150 starts, which everybody is yeah. which,
2: which is real. Right. And, and it which is, is like true, a solid line. But they weren't,
0: they weren't always great last season, even with all that experience. You know, some of that was Sewell being injured, but we'll, we'll get to see like that Auburn def- defensive line is legit. They've done it on the field. Um, you know, like Oregon's going to have a Oregon's going to have a stiff test there, and and the model likes likes Auburn. Um, Oregon's got a thirty four percent win probability. Um, Auburn's favored by roughly five and a half in the model. That and they're favored in Vegas by like a little over three, I think. That's that, that sounds about right. I mean, I think that's
1: where I I see it. You know, I think if you're looking at what the game plan is probably going to be, especially with um, Oregon's depleted wide receiver core. Um, you know I think they're going to really pin their ears back and just go after Herbert and, and make him beat them and I think it that it's going to be a really true test I think for a lot of NFL scouts as well to see what he's got as a senior and um, and, and it's going to be a really true test for what Oregon's going to be this year because you know Justin Herbert can't move the ball down the field um, and you know that running game's held at bay it could be a long long opening game for the Pac-12 similar to uh, what happened to Washington last year.
0: Well that and who he's oh, throwing if Oregon to. Oregon can't run the ball like good <laughs> luck yeah,
1: right. but, yeah. <laughs> a lot
2: of young talent in the wide receiving core but not proven you got the the transfer out of penn state who had some drop ball problems and that was a problem with with oregon last year we, we had a great interview if you didn't listen to it listen to our interview with um with adam from the quack from quack podcast it was excellent he really knows his stuff i, I really like that one so uh, definitely take a look there let's move on to Oh wait! I want to oh. say
0: like, don't sleep on that that game, that next game versus Nevada. No? Oh, get out of here! Get out of here! Offense, <laughs> off that defense. But I tell you, like, an Arizona fans aren't going to like to hear hear this. Jeff Castile had that defense graded out at number thirty two last season in Beta ranked. Like, they like I'm, his recruiting was not good at all at Arizona. But the guy can the guy can scheme.
2: That's and and if you took a look at Oregon's offense last year. It was a total train wreck. It had no direction. It was floundering. There could be a scenario where they go against—what am I saying? No, no. <laughs> no, for real, for real. They could— uh, Oh, they're not going to
0: lose to Nevada, but, like, they they, they could look worse than you expect. It, it
2: could be their Vietnam. Oh, <laughs> 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 um. <laughs>
0: wow all right like that
2: uh moving on we're gonna go to utah okay, I, was
0: gonna, I was gonna like i was gonna say we should make t-shirts that say no back rubs but like instead <laughs> like i think like to, like our, our headline is like it could be their vietnam <laughs> uh
2: the next so next next uh, team we have is utah at byu to start the season man i'm i'm excited about that game that will be really fun um Anytime I bet on Utah to beat BYU against the spread, I always lose. That, that game tends to be very close. Uh, I, but I really do like Utah this year. I think I, I was on the Utah Man podcast. I had highlighted how I really like it with the way that team's going. They have a, a, a return game. So Northern Illinois goes from Decalb <laughs> to to Salt Lake city to, to play. And that game was disgusting. That was like a 10, seven game. And I don't think Huntley was injured that game. If I recall it. No, not. Northern Illinois had a
0: sneaky good defense last year. Um, and so that was a slug. That was an unexpected slug fest.
2: Hey, what does BYU look like this year? Actually, you know, so BYU, they're going to pop up like four to, more times in the schedule. to yeah, play twelve
0: yeah. team. <laughs> so they're projected at 74. Um, they don't have like an immense amount of production, really returning um they've recruited okay so the model's not the model's not bumping them up a lot i think they have some upside i think they still have some room to grow maybe a little on offense um even though they don't bring a ton back um sort of recovering from their uh ty detmer days um you know and and i i do believe like even though beta rank doesn't think that their defense is going to be you know fantastic like Satake usually puts together a, a, a good unit out there um Yeah, so I mean, they're going to, they're going to, I think BYU, particularly against this Utah team as they come out with the Andy Ludwig offense, like, I think they could undershoot. Like, the model has Utah with an 85% win probability and a a 13.5 point favorite. That's a lot more than Vegas has it. Um, I would probably shade closer to like 10. Yeah. you know, on there. Just, I, I, I think Utah's, I think Utah's going to have the horsepower later on in the season to do it, but I I think they could maybe, you know, have some hiccups.
2: So let's, uh, and then they have Northern Illinois. Is that defense still good or do they
0: graduate? Uh, Northern from? Illinois projects at like 83 Utah's Utah's a 16 point favorite in that game. And I'm pretty comfortable there. Like Andy Ludwig, like by, by that game should have things rolling. Okay. Here's a question for you.
2: How many points Rick does Idaho state score against Utah's defense? Um, I'll go three. Three. What do you think, Rob?
0: Yeah, I mean, Descaled let his foot off the gas. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, three. Three sounds right. I mean, if if Huntley throws a bad interception, maybe ten.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe ten. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, uh, I would say I would vote for single digits. I'd probably say three as well. So I'm going to go through these top five real fast. I think Stanford goes. Oh my gosh. Like one and two at best. Yeah, UCLA. I'll give them San Diego State. One and two. Rick, you're shaking your head. You think they go on three?
1: Oh, and three. Oh my gosh.
2: Ooh. <sighs> <sighs>
1: And and are a trash recruiting class. you're to. You guys have way too much faith in Chip Kelly coming back from the dead. Like I, <laughs> nothing last year led me to believe that they are going to be any less of a dumpster fire this year, especially with the off season that they that they had.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, I'll give him. I'll give him San Diego <laughs> State. Come on. Come on. Let's. It's nice Mountain West Atlanta. here. Let's, yeah. Um, USC, I think, goes two and one. They beat Fresno State. They win at BYU. I think that game's close. I think they lose to Notre Dame. What do you guys think? What do you think, Rob? Yeah,
0: that's that's how I'd have it,
2: Rick. Yeah. Okay. Um, Auburn or Auburn, Oregon. I think loses to Auburn. I think they beat Nevada and Montana. But yeah, but I'm, I'm I that could be a slog, and I don't think it's a reflection on Oregon if it becomes a slog. That's just one of those games where. All right, we just came off of Auburn. We got to play Nevada. It's at home. We're still figuring out our offense. The defense has a new defensive coordinator. That could be. That could that's,
1: get kind of ugly. That's a true. I think it, the truest definition of a trap game, right there. There's, there's no doubt. And I mean, Oregon traditionally doesn't come off very well after those big non-con games and then you know having to play the week after so um it'll be interesting to see yeah
2: two let's we'll say two and one there i think they crushed montana and then utah whoo three no oh. three no oh, right yeah, anybody want oh. two and Give one three
1: and oh for yeah. the year that grubs yeah. all around. yeah
2: good lord good lord we're gonna have to tone this down in a few <laughs> weeks guys for real uh for you for utah i mean come on it's a good like
0: season. this is this is Utah's year. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, they're gonna drop some games, but I don't think they drop the non conference game. Yeah,
2: no, that's fair. Um I had Oregon State next. I actually think this is kind of an interesting schedule. They have Oklahoma State at home on the 30th. They which I think is a Friday. Um they have Hawaii, or they're at Hawaii. They travel to Hawaii and then they have Cal Poly, which which hopefully they win. <laughs> I was looking at this or now We're going to talk about Oregon State, and I like their offense a lot. Um, I think their defense is like there are so many, especially with their defensive end just got hurt. It's like there's nobody on that defensive line. They have like two 380-pound, I'm only exaggerating a tiny bit, Rick, (laughs) defensive linemen that are starting.
1: I I think, you know to be honest, when you look at the schedule, though, it sets up horribly for them because if Oklahoma comes in and runs them, and then they got to fly to Hawaii the week after, which is always just a really, really tough game to come off of. And then the week after that, you got Cal Poly, which is you know you could conceivably be zero and two. You're still playing Cal Poly at home. They're you know D one double A. I get it, but at the end of the day, you know there is a chance that you could still have a significant letdown after getting the crap. Out oh
2: of Cal Poly. no, Jamar Jefferson is going to run it all over Cal Poly. He's going to like three hundred yards against Cal Poly. <laughs> Plus, you have Jake Loomis okay, flicking yeah, the that. ball around against those tiny little <laughs> cornerbacks. servers playing at Cal Poly. Like, get you out guys, of here!
0: God, you guys are <laughs> putting back rubs to the entire Pac-12. <laughs> no, no, Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma State's going to run them. Yeah, I mean. Like Oklahoma state's got a, a decent amount coming back on defense. They project at 31, but I do this modified projection model and it loves Mike Gundy. It thinks Mike Gundy is one of the best tactical and developer of talent coaches in college football at central. <laughs> oh dude. Like, and they just hired, like they just hired a guy out of the Ivy league to run that offense. Like Mike Gundy finds really good coaches. So but, right. I, I like it, it, the beta rank has the mo- beta rank has, oregon state as an 18 point underdog and i would actually i would i think Oklahoma state wins by 21 yeah what
2: do you think about that hawaii game
0: it is a toss-up
2: that's fair that's fair so so
0: fun oregon state projects at 114 um hawaii projects at 115 oh my wow yeah, and it could be a shootout because Oregon State had his defense great like they projected 127 in the model. Hawaii had a pretty fun offense last year if Cole McDonald can keep his um everything in his uh scrotum in the right place, which did not <laughs> happen last season. Um then I mean, Hawaii. I don't get that reference. I'm just going to pretend like it's a. You don't know that you. Oh, man. Like, yeah. He played through a. Go look up Cole McDonald's injury. He played through a serious injury last season. Uh, Oh, gotcha. Um, Okay. All right. That's fair. So, um, yeah, I mean, this Hawaii team could be fun. I mean, I, I think this Hawaii team could be a little dangerous even for Arizona if Arizona's defense isn't it doesn't have it together yeah. um, in the game. So that Hawaii game could be a shootout. Like it should be fun to watch. Everyone should watch that game. Cause they could be f- two well, fun offense and no defense. Here's the real question is
1: how are we going to watch that game? Is it going to be on ESPN, the Ocho at midnight? <laughs> I mean, where, where Dude,
0: I'm going to have to go to like a sports bar. Cause it's going to be on like CBS sports <laughs> network. I'm going like, to be at like cl- Buffalo wild wings by the Ohio <laughs> state, <laughs> state <laughs> campus. Like Closer me and a to bunch TV, of, I think, it's yeah, me, <laughs> like me with a little Notepad out like tweeting out on Wildcat Radio and hanging it like while a bunch of like co-eds are getting hammered on like Penny Beer Night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, they they win Cal Poly. I don't know about the Hawaii game. That, that Hawaii game's been fun. So, one thing too, when you take a look at the, the Hawaii broadcast, they have that giant. Pacific Islander that wears the Hawaiian shirt. And he's like as big as the camera, like will pan. And then he has a partner that's like right next to him. It's my favorite thing.
1: And it's shut. It's like sunny outside. You can't even, you can't even see that guy. (laughs) It's, you you know, and and again, like I'm going to stick to my guns on this, Brian, you, you and Rob can hold me to this. Let's revisit this. On nine fifteen, which is that Sunday when we're going to do a podcast, and you know morale's a po- a really powerful thing, and coming off the season that they had last year where they put up a good showing against Ohio State, I think that helped propel them to at least keep keep stuff close. But man, you get blown out by Oklahoma State at home, then you got to travel to Hawaii. I'm telling you, that Cal Poly game is going to be a mess um,
0: if the, if they're not careful.
2: So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I could see them running. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead
0: run. I like them against Hawaii. I mean, I think it's close. The model projects them close. I think Oregon State has upside. I, I think the defense in year two makes more strides than the model projects. I really like Jonathan Smith as a play caller, and I like having Jake Luton back in year two of this offense, and Jamar Jefferson, so... I, I I think maybe they're better than 114 and they should be able to pull it out in Hawaii. They're going to drop
2: 40 like at least in that game. Like Mark Mark, oh, yeah. I think they're going to they'll They'll score yeah. points. I mean Hawaii
0: is going to put up 38. <laughs> <laughs> Fact.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go down to Cal. They have UC Davis whatever North Texas which I think is a sneaky game. The Mean Green. The Mean Green. Uh, Graham Harrell gone. He's over now at USC but still I think there's some players there um, and I'm curious about Rob's numbers there and then at Ole Miss they Go down to Hattiesburg. What, right? Rich Rods. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that.
0: So, (laughs) Rick. Wait, wait. Old Miss is in Oxford, Southern Miss is in Hattiesburg. Oh, they say Hattiesburg.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rick, who is more out of place? Um, Berkeley fans going to Oxford or Oxford fans going to Berkeley, California.
1: Oh, I, I would say Oxford fans going to Berkeley, California, I'll be honest with you, but you know, it's going to be fascinating to see, um, you know, how, how, how they mix down in, uh. I don't know. I mean, that's that is some serious deep country down there. I don't don't know. I mean, I you know, I haven't been to Missus old old Missus campus before. I have driven through Mississippi, and um, yeah, it's a beautiful campus. Hotty would Be fascinating.
0: Um, well, it's isn't it? It's Mike McIntyre is the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss, no. former no. Colorado coach. Oh, he
1: is. oh my god, he is
0: yes. That's a good and name. Rich Rod, the former Arizona coach, is the offensive coordinator what at Ole Miss. Weird turn of events, I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: like the uh, twilight zone, the Pac-12 twilight zone. That's well. Cool. And Rich Rod runs a totally different, like so. Phil Longo, who was a who was the offensive coordinator last season at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss had a fairly inefficient offense. But they put up a ton of big plays, and so they were they graded out well because they were so good at big plays. Um, but it was an air raid type scheme. Rich Rod does not run that type of scheme. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good point. Right, so like there there is going to be some adjustment period for them. There, um, it's an interesting game. Like the model likes them in that game. Like likes Cal in that game, gives them a fifty five percent win probability, oh, my. You're about one and a half point favorite. They're a nine and a half point favorite roughly over North Texas. Um, yeah, wow. like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, though, I mean they're going to beat North Texas. Like, I mean, they're going to suffocate that, that like, we, we saw, I mean, this defense is for real. They projected number 12 coming into this season. Yeah. Um, the big question is, is I mean, the model does project their offense to bounce back because the, the model basically says like, you're too talented and you're a power five school. What are you doing? Like you shouldn't be. That bad. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, if if the D, if the offense can just get to the level like where you would say they were a very bad power five offense, like Cal's an interesting team.
2: Joke, uh, jokes on you, Rob. That's not going to happen this year, <laughs> but we will. We shall. See I mean,
0: Bob. I mean, Bob Baldwin. Like he's like the 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 hire that I liked that I will always regret liking. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. Let, let's move. On. Speaking of Arizona and Rich Rodriguez, they uh, travel to Hawaii in week zero, and we'll have a preview of that game, of course. They have any uh, Northern Arizona at home, and then a sneaky game against Texas Tech. Rob, I want to jump to Texas Tech first because I think that's the most intriguing game. And then let's like go back in time to Week Zero. Um, okay. I, I mean, Texas Tech loses their head coach to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I have no idea they what. Fired,
0: they wait, no, they fired Cliff Kingsbury.
2: Oh snap! I forgot about. It. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so so what do we have here with Texas Tech? So Texas Tech's an
0: interesting team. I mean, like the the they had a lot of QB injuries that really hurt them offensively last season. But I think that the feeling was in Lovick that Kingsbury was never going to turn it or turn it around or they could get a solid defense going. Um, so they 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 let him go. They hired Utah Stagecoach, coach Matt Wells, um, who comes in. He also brought his offensive coordinator with them. They projected fifty nine in the model. Arizona projects at sixty. Um, so it's a true toss up game right now in the model. Like each team has a 50% shot. No team, you know, the, the spreads at zero. Um, I would say, though, it's interesting because I, I think both these teams have have some upside. Arizona's projection is mostly built on uh, last season's offense, which Khalil Tate was not was not running and also not getting through his reads. If either of those things happen, Arizona has got some serious offensive upside. Um, Texas tech, like you got a healthy quarterback. There's some stuff to like there, but um, I think it's going to be a tough season. I I, I think Texas tech is probably right around where they project. I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's still going to be, even if you said Arizona was a little better than their projection, you know, it's still going to be a tight game.
2: What What is that? What are your projections for the Hawaii game, Rob? We're you know unveiling so, the the curtain a little bit here, but that's okay.
0: No, no, it's it's a lot like uh, it's a, little close to Vegas. a little skin. It's a little skin. That's way better. So, um, Arizona's got an eighty five percent win probability, or they're roughly a thirteen and a half point favorite. Or I think Vegas has it at thirteen. Um, Yeah. I mean, Arizona, Arizona should win that game. Right. I mean like the, the Arizona's defense projects to finally make a bit of a jump, um, and get to be, you know, just a bad, just a bad power five level defense. Arizona's defense actually returns a lot, um, off of last season. And, and they, they, they did make some fairly smart recruiting ads from the junior college ranks that may play out well in the defensive line. Um, You know, and like I said, like the offense, you know, it's everybody's, everybody's new at wide receiver, but if Khalil Tate can run the ball, it's, it's going to put massive pressure on the defense like it did in 2017.
2: Okay. Well, let's move right up the right up. I was at five. My gosh, I went to school here and I forget what freeway is the five. Mm-hmm. Right, right up the five oh, to the ten. The, the, ten, ten the ten, yeah, the ten. The the ten. Five is I five. Like, is the, California. The five. Around a lot. So give a break. So many states, so many years. Um, let's go. Let's go up the ten to ASU. They have Kent State on the thirty-first. Sacramento State. So basically two buys. Um, but then Rick at Michigan State, a team that plays terribly. when they go uh, like anywhere (laughs) where it's hot. And so that game really sucked. It was just awful. The only saving grace was the fact that ASU won and B uh, Randall Wren just blew up some fool. Like it's on YouTube. It's hysterical. One of the coolest clips of the entire year. That
1: was a great clip.
2: Um, But now they go to Michigan State, uh, a team that is offensively challenged, but defensively defensively amazing. What do you think?
1: Rob, where's uh, Michigan State at in terms of beta rank and all that this year?
0: So, interesting game. Uh, Michigan State projects at number 43 in the model. Arizona State's at number 44. So, Michigan State is actually just, uh, so sometimes the model's a little non-linear. So, Michigan State is uh, actually a little bit of a favorite in that game. Arizona State only has a 48% win probability. So, I mean, it's nearly a toss-up. I'd I'd call it a toss-up. But Michigan State is a very slight favorite, about a half-point favorite in the model. Yeah. Well,
1: and that last year's game was absolutely bananas. I mean, the, the uh, field goal finally the ASU wanted on, but, man, there was a, a lot of drama in that game. You know, I, I look at this. It's, you know, again, I'm always wary, and you guys might have a different opinion of this, but I'm always wary every time you have a Pac-12 team going back east – or going back to the mid Midwest, and you know I think that again you could see a you know nine uh, a m Pacific Standard Time start with this game, and if that is the case, um, you know I think that impacts ASU a little bit. Um, I think ASU uh, early on in the season it's, it's the schedule sets up very nicely in terms of getting them acclimated or getting that young quarterback acclimated to game action before you have to go in and play Michigan State. Seeing that Michigan State's uh, identity under uh, D'Antoni is under uh, is 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 their defense, I think that that ASU is going to have some struggles in that game. I think passing the ball is going to be tough. So unless they get um, that great running game. Uh, going and going early, I think it could be a real struggle for them.
2: I have to go back and look at their offensive line. I just remember that they have recruited equal to or greater than 17 offensive (laughs) linemen for this coming class. And I think that says something in in regards to where they think their needs are. Uh, But Eno Benjamin is awesome. And that'll be a fun game. I don't think like you mentioned, Rick, I don't think the score is going to be high. I think Jaden Daniels has a lot of issues throwing the ball against uh, D'Antoni. And, Rob, I know you highlight, like, the defensive scheme that he uses, which is, like,
0: really solid. I do not want to – like, Jaden Daniels against – Mark D'Antonio runs one of the most complex and sophisticated coverage schemes in college football. Like, Jaden Daniels, as a true freshman, is going to really struggle in that game. Yeah. Like,
2: it's going to be Eno Benjamin or Benjamin the ball carrier. Benjamin yeah, the ball carrier. They're going to have be the yeah. ball. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to Colorado. They have Colorado State at home. They oh, go. Nebraska. Oh, they have Nebraska at Thank home. God, it's back. Oh, they're going to stomp. The, the Red Baron is going to stomp Scott Frost I don't know. I don't, and Air I don't Force. Know, bold <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I don't know. I, I think Colorado is the biggest enigma in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, I mean, outside of probably USC, obviously, because of the coaching staff, but new coach, they got a good quarterback, they have some talent on offense, the defense is kind of, like, I did the Colorado preview, and I had so many shruggy shoulders, like, all, like, all up and down the defense. Like, who is going to be here? And the, the thing though is, it could be because because the coaching staff and be, because they bring in somebody that has like the experience of building up a defensive you know, defensive side of the ball, it could be good. And I just don't know, but I, I, I don't know. So uh, I'm kind of, I'm being facetious in terms of stomping Nebraska, but it is nice to have them in Colorado. But before we talk about Nebraska. Yeah, Air Force, right? Are they still running the wishbone. It's been a long time since I've seen an Air Force.
0: Oh, game. All the military academies run some variant of the op, you know the triple option.
2: But are so. they, are they the good one or uh, or is that that's Army, right? No, Army's, uh, a
0: Army's the really good one lately. Um, and speaking of which, like Army's going to have a legit offense this season. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: they should be. Robust.
0: They did last season. They returned almost everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Um,
0: but yeah, I mean, so like Air Force, like. They've got an 84% win probability against Colorado State. They've got a 76% win probability against Air Force. I mean, Colorado should win those games. Yeah. Um, But, like, surprise, Nebraska projects to be good. Um, I don't think they're as good as, I don't think they'll be quite as good. Like a lot of people are projecting them to win the big 10 West. I've got Wisconsin there. Um, but they projected 27 Colorado projects at 57. Um, that's Scott Frost offense. I watched them last year when they went into Ohio state and I'll grant you Ohio states. I was, I was there at the game here in Columbus. Um, Ohio state's defense was not as good as, people may have thought last season, but that Nebraska offense really started to put it together towards the end of the season. Taylor Martinez should you know, if he's healthy all season, like they're Nebraska's you know, Colorado's only got a thirty three percent shot in that game. Nebraska's about almost a six point favorite. Um Nebraska could be good. That could be a real tough game uh, for them. And and I I really like the Mel Tucker hire, but I've said it before, like the Jay Johnson hire as his offensive coordinator was a little underwhelming.
2: Um, let's move on to Washington. So they have Eastern Washington at home. Eastern Washington. Bo Baldwin's not there anymore. He's ruining Cal's offense. Um, Hawaii. They have Hawaii at home, and then they're at BYU. We've talked about BYU at nauseam. Um, right, they sweep
1: through this, right? I mean, you would think, oh, yeah. yeah, you would think so.
2: All right, let's move to the last one, which is Washington State. New Mexico State at home. North Carolina. No, oh, Northern Colorado at home. Um, the Bears. Oh, and then they go to Houston. I don't think they win that Houston game. I've been to Houston We've been to Houston Rob. That is a terrible Terrible place Filled with terrible Terrible people And uh, no I'm just kidding not the, not the people part But it really People, like, it was, people were nice yeah, everyone when was when I was so able kind. To talk
0: to them In between Sweating off 10 pounds
2: The the best thing Like so Fan bases are funny right They're always really nice When you're getting waxed Like we went to Oregon As the Arizona fans And Arizona got like Got waxed And nicest fans I'd ever seen in my life Right because we were Down 25 Same thing in Houston yeah. everybody, everybody really was Good, good people at Houston oh, Oh my gosh! It was 98 degrees and humid. I'm curious, Rick. You had talked about like the body clock stuff. I'm curious to yeah. see what time this game is played. Um, um, yeah, because was that in September? Like
1: it's yeah. still going to be that's, hot. That's the same. It's because it, Arizona played Houston second or third week last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's almost the same exact time. So it's gross. It's, yeah, it's it could be rough. You know, the other question is is like with Washington State. You know, I I feel like you know we no longer can second guess Mike Leach and how good of a coach he is. But again, what do you
2: mean? We no longer,
1: uh, I never doubted him, Rick. What? I never doubted I, whatever.
0: him. I, we could still have questions. I
1: have questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's my I mean, job. I mean, Rob, like I, I kind of, you know, again, if I feel like every year, year in year out, Washington state, I'm just like, I don't know what this team's going to be. And then all of a sudden they're like 10 and two. And I'm like, what the hell?
0: <laughs> but and I, I, I think whether it's, uh, is it Jabrud brood? It's him team. or Anthony Gordon is going to be the QB. Uh, It's down to those two, but man, Houston, they projected number 66. They made a sneaky good coaching hire in Dana Holgerson, like that modified model I run really thinks Holgerson added a lot to that West Virginia program, you know, that he he basically gave them a a schematic and development advantage um and brian you remember so uh uh, king that the qb for houston that lit up arizona um he got injured you know and 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 missed parts of last season he's back you know back healthy for this season if he's healthy in that game i mean this houston team we saw last year i mean ed oliver's gone the defense kind of fell apart a little bit last season but he, like they have a lot of they have a lot of talent that would start on some power five teams.
1: King is infinitely better than Will Greer, too. By the way, so if he if if <laughs> Horgerson could do what he did with Will Greer, I'm confident King's going to be pretty darn good by the time he gets out of there.
0: Is it like Washington State was an off like an all offense team last season without Gardner Minshew calling the shots? Are they in that same like they have to be at that same level? I think like they have to have you know, like almost a top 10 offense to, to really meet up, match up to where their beta rank projects them at 36, because I don't know that their defense is, is, is going to be quite there again, you know, this year. So th- I think this could be a really tough game. I think by the time we get there and we have real in-season data in the model, I think that this could tighten up. Right now, they've got Washington State with a 70% win probability and a little over a six-point favorite, but I think it's by the time the game rolls around, it's probably closer to three
2: yeah that that makes sense all right let's go through these last groups of games and see what we project there the um the final we call it, post non-conference i always want to say preseason for basketball but non conference so oregon state oklahoma at hawaii cal poly i'm gonna say i'm gonna say one and two what do you think, Rick? Rick, you're going to go 0-3 with Cal Poly. You, you marked that down. I'm going to
1: go 0-3. Okay. What do you think, Rick?
2: Or,
0: uh, I'm going the other way. I'm going 2-1. and one.
2: Ooh, there we go. Hot.
0: Jamar Jefferson. Yeah, the Jake Luton experience, man. I believe in Jonathan yeah, I Smith. I believe him.
2: <laughs> um, Cal, UC Davis, North Texas at Ole Miss. I'm going to go I'm going to go 3-0. Oh. I really think Cal can pull that portion off. I have reservations about them on other things in the conference. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1. and one.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three zero. I think they make Rich Rodriguez very red in the face.
2: <laughs> nice. Um, Arizona at Hawaii, NAU, Texas Tech. I'm gonna say two and one. What do you think, Rick?
1: Um, I'm gonna go two and one as well. Robert, we I'm speak? going. I'm going
0: three zero. Oh man! What a homer! Oh, I think Khalil, no. I think I think Khalil Tate runs. I, th- I think Khalil Tate runs like twelve times a game this season, and I think that changes things up. I, I think I think they could beat Texas Tech, and they should win the other two for sure.
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> um, ASU has Kent State, Sacramento State, and at Michigan State. I'm going to say two and one. Right? Does that make sense?
0: Two and one.
1: Okay. I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say they get you know Benjamin running downhill against Michigan state. And that opens up stuff just enough for them to pull out a win. So I'm going to go through now
2: that could, I mean, if the running game gets in place that that's a possibility because Michigan state isn't going to score.
0: Okay. I mean, Michigan state should also bounce back. Like their quarterback had a bit of a shoulder issue last season. Like their, their offense shouldn't be that bad.
2: That's what they say. Rob, Uh, Colorado has Colorado state, Nebraska and air force. I'm going to say one and two. I'm say one and two. Ooh. The one is going to be Nebraska. No, no, I'm just
0: kidding. Uh, I'm gonna go two and one. I think they're, they've, they've got better talent than Colorado State and Air Force. So, okay, okay. Uh,
2: Washington State, Eastern Washington, Hawaii, and BYU. Careful. Oh, no, this is Washington, not Boston. Washington State. Yeah. Uh, three, 0 no, right? Everybody's three, 0 no. yep,
0: three, 0
2: um, no, Yeah. Washington State, New Mexico State, Northern Colorado, and at Houston, I think they go two and one.
0: Oh man, this one's so hard. You I'm gonna going go three, zero. No? No, no, I'm going two and one. I, I think Houston's better than people think. I agree.
2: Okay, um, let's end this here. We, we said we were going to get into other stuff, but we've got an hour, and I think we delved fairly deep into some of these teams and their non-conference schedules stay tuned we have done five teams deep dives into some of the best teams in the pac-12
0: we're gonna do three podcasts we're gonna do three teams and we're gonna do four teams. it's gonna we're be two, awesome. we're gonna do two podcasts it is gonna be like a, they're gonna be two hours long apiece.
2: piece uh sharp and we will catch you we will catch you probably not next week but like this week because we got a lot to cover
0: <laughs> we will get you this week a few times <laughs>